This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Welcome to another episode of the show. We're thrilled you've joined us for this one. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the man himself. It's Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you today, sir? Tyler, I'm doing great. Uh, as as you saw, I was scrambling around here. I got a new computer. I got police scanner in my ear. I got all kinds of stuff going on. But <laughs> Or that was just the normal chaos in my head. I'm not sure which, but glad to be here. Um Excited by our guest this morning. Yeah. Um, I met this lady a little while ago and um, have been really, uh, I guess, awestruck is the right word because of what she and her company are doing in the field that I'm so interested in. And she happens to be a really nice person. So it's kind of like a double win. That's a that's a great combo to have, and uh, let's introduce her to the audience. Her name is Nicole Bass. She is the uh, the president of Service Professionals. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Love to be here. Well, Nicole, I know it took a lot of bribing and arm twisting and all that stuff to get you here, but now that you're here, we've got you for uh, a little while. So, looking forward to uh, learning more about you, your company, what you do, and. You know, the the older I get, the more I'm intrigued, and I, I hate saying the why, but I'm always curious of why people get up and go do what they do. And um, I happen to love what you're doing as a as a uh, professional company. So, give us just a little thumbnail snapshot of you, the company, and and all that good stuff. I love to learn about it. Yeah, absolutely. And the why is a great question. Um, and it's a question that I think I started asking myself whenever I was in the shoes of a lot of the people that I work with now, trying to decide what I want my career to be. And what it ultimately turned into was just working hard and finding running into opportunities, right? Luck meets hard work. And that's that's the why of how I landed where I landed. But I'm very passionate about helping people. And to provide some context, I work um, with commercial HVAC service contractors uh, across the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico, and my company provides talent development and resources. Um, and you know, we've been doing this for 15 years, but more recently, with the skilled labor gap, we've taken a really strong focus on um, dedicating our our efforts, the, the intellectual capital that we have amongst all the contractors that I work with, to working to solve that problem of getting more people into the commercial HVAC industry. Um, so. Historically, we've offered a lot of um, sales training. I feel like we've got that locked down and now we're able to kind of redirect and really drive this talent development initiative um, as it relates to field development. Well, that is a uh, never ending need for sure. You know, over the last, I don't know, 20 years, it's gradually gotten to the point to where, uh, you know, it, industry wise, it's on the tip of everyone's tongue, you know, whether they're trying to grow a company, start a company, continue a company, figure out how to serve a different vertical um, within the industry. It all comes down to people. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that you're uh, dedicating so much time and, and professional effort um, and professional effort always comes down to personal effort because you don't own and operate a company without personal sacrifice and uh, personal drive, you know, to, to make you get up and go every day. But um, 
So tell us the name of the company, where you're based, website, and all that good stuff so people can kind of get that mental snapshot. Yeah. So service professionals, our website is sp-hvac.com. Um, we're based out of Washington, D.C., although our the team that we work with is uh, nationwide. So we all work remotely. Um, and, you know, our our focus on this, you said it, right? It's a very, everyone's talking about it these days, this um, the skilled labor gap, and there's some numbers to it. I know the last number I heard was that for every technician entering our industry, three are retiring. So, and that's been happening for a while. Um, and, and so that, that, that problem continue, continues to persist. And um, in working with the contractors, you know, I, you said it comes down to personal, it's personal, um, I don't know, preference or personal passion, you can say. Um, my background is in working with tradespeople. Well, I, mean, I was raised by tradespeople. My dad owns a landscaping company and um, my stepdad was a lineman. My grandfather was a lineman. Um, so, you know, I come from this background of successful tradespeople. And uh, I ended up going off and getting a, a college degree myself. And uh, it was mostly so I could have a visa to play basketball overseas. But hey, I got the degree. It's fine. Um, and coming see, back I and working. Tell, I can't tell you're eight feet tall sitting there. I know. No, you can't hear my voice. I know. You know what the best part about being this tall is wearing heels in an office environment. I just love it. (laughs) You know, I get asked on that note, not to go sideways, but on that note, I get asked a lot, you know, what what is it like being in a more male dominated industry as a female? And I'm like, I've never um, experienced any um, any discrimination at all in any of the roles that I've had. Um, But I think it's because I am eight feet tall and people are terrified of me. Uh, So. Well, I'll tell you in the, in the recent years, one of the things that I've realized was the, the dialogue around uh, trades careers is um, it's broken a little bit. Uh, I remember I was having a conversation with my, my dad who owns a landscaping company and he was saying, look, I just want to recruit. I'm just looking for two or three um, college kids who want to make, you know, great money by the hour as a part-time gig as you know in the spring and fall seasons which are his heaviest seasons and i can't find anybody and then the key phrase he said and i hear this all the time is because nobody wants to work hard and get dirty anymore and i uh actually i don't 100 percent agree with that i think that part of the problem is in the um the contractor's ability to promote themselves and to be attractive as an option uh, for a career. Take my dad, for example, right? I said, well, where are you Where are you promoting? Where are you looking for these college students? He goes, well, I've got a magnet on my truck that says now hiring. I said, good, okay, great start. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, he said, and then I posted an ad on Nextdoor. Do you know what Nextdoor oh, yeah. is? That's where yeah. all the kids hang out. That's where all the kids hang out. <laughs> yeah, it's a social, one of the smallest social media networks out there and it's for, Business for homeowners. Um, and next door is where all like the ladies that spend their whole day like looking out the window, like at the shenanigans (laughs) going on on the street. That's the that is the that is the social media platform for them. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, that's Uh, yeah, it's the virtual (laughs) neighborhood watch system. Yeah, not a lot of college students visiting this, and and you know, I and I think that's part of the problem. Um, is you know, how are you making yourselves attractive and, uh, and so that people would want to come? Gosh, these companies I work for or work with, they offer a free education to people. Free education, right? Come work for us. We'll pay for your school for four years. And at the end of the four years, you will be making well into six figures. 
And, you know, people don't realize that. And it just absolutely blows my mind. I actually started a, um, Greg, I told you this, and you're going to tease me again about it, but I've got one of those TikToks. And um, I love your stuff on there. Do you? Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, I have. It's kind of like a. Greg, you have TikTok on your phone and I don't. I think that's remarkable. I like that. Let's go, boy. Let's go. I know. I know. You're a modern man. So, but one of the comments I see over and over again is, all right, I'm sold because my TikTok name is Join the Trades. And they're like, I'm sold. I want to join the trades. I didn't realize I can make you know six figures and my, my school will be paid for. Um, how do I get started? And that's where I feel like it, the, you know, the conversation breaks down is that there's not a lot of promotion on how to get connected with one of these companies. It's, a, it's still very word of mouth, right? I know somebody who knows somebody who can get me a job in this. Mm-hmm. So we've got this skilled labor gap and there's all these people. I've got at this point, 71,000 followers on TikTok, which is in the TikTok world, not a huge number, but I am proud of it. And, um, and I've got so many people saying, how do I get started? And if they give me their location, I connect them with a local contractor that I work with. And, and um, a lot of people have been hired that way. So I don't think it's that people don't want to work um, or that they're not interested in the job. They just don't really know how to get started. Um, and I think that starts at the contractor level as well as being a little bit better at self-promoting, you know, contract. they don't have a marketing department. I, I totally agree with that because we have young people on this podcast and um, they're, they're, I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to be judgmental on how this sounds, but they're good people. I mean, they want mm-hmm. to work. They do work. They, they get out and they get up every morning um, from mining to pipe welding to, I mean, we've done all kinds of things on, and the cool part is young women, you know, we, we've had mm-hmm. a lot of young women on this podcast or, or, or several, uh, not enough, because I just reached out to two young ladies this morning about a potential episode. But I totally think that there are plenty of good young people out there. You just have to look for them. And when you find them, to your point, you have to help place them. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'll work for a large company and I always hear, hey, we need people. OK, so here's here's a person. Well, we don't need that person. We need somebody <laughs> with 12 years experience that can go work on a chiller. OK, this person will be that person, but he has to start today or she has mm-hmm. to start tomorrow because you have to grow your own talent. It does not fall from the gods like it used to. When people would call and say, hey, I'll come to work for you for 25 more cents an hour. Um, mm-hmm. It's now more grassroots. Um, it's very, um, you know, for lack of a better word or words, touchy feely for me because mm-hmm. I I go find somebody or if somebody finds me, it's a one hand to hand combat deal. I, I take them and say, Bob, meet Jane, Jane, Bob. And start at that rem- at that much of a remedial basis to get the mm-hmm. thing going, because uh, using um, nuances and beating around the bush and all that crap doesn't work. You have to say, right. Bob, this Jane is excelling in refrigeration, air conditioning, electrical, yada yada yada, whatever. You need to hire her or find a spot. Yeah, I agree with you, Greg. And that's one of the initiatives that we have is we started a program called SP Academy. So it's one of the service professionals 
uh, lines now, and it is a um, it's an in-house apprenticeship training program. Essentially, we give you all of the tools, materials, content. Uh, it's approved by the Department of Labor that you would need to build your own in-house technician development program. Uh, because you're right, everybody wants the skilled techs. There's not enough of them going around, and they are retiring. There's um, I think there's 115,000 uh, commercial HVAC contractors in the U.S., and that includes even the, the you know really two, one guy owning his own company and just running uh, a truck himself. Um, but you know, if each person only trained up one technician, we'd be in a very different position than we are today. Uh, now that's not, or I say each person, each company, that's not realistic. Uh, but you've got a lot of contractors out there that um, are getting on board. Uh, with the idea of, yes, we're going to make ourselves more attractive. We're going to promote ourselves better so that we can get those skilled techs that have all the experience, but also we're going to have to start growing them from the ground up and contributing to the, the skilled labor gap ourselves directly. And we are, our jobs make that easier for them. In, in some way, in, like I, I hear the example of your, of your dad, you know, and, and I think that I'm curious to get y'all's y'all's opinion on this, but yeah, I think it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy at a certain point where I'm positive that at some point people have said, "Oh, well, younger generations just don't want to work hard," and so that becomes the the assumption, right? And then you go look in the wrong spot or reach out in the wrong ways or fail to educate those younger generations about the possibilities that exist in an industry, and then that you know, assumption or prophecy then in your mind is, is proven true because you, you haven't been able to find any of those young people. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but it, it's, it's this, it's this vicious cycle where it's like, ah, oh, younger generation doesn't want to work hard. And, but really you just have to go find those people where they are. I, I don't know if that, if that tracks or not, but that, that to me seems to be, um, how it plays out. Cause I'm, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm in the millennial generation. And so I get painted with a, that, that broad brush and, um, but when I look around at, at the people that I know and the, the people I interact with on a regular basis, uh, everyone that I know wants to work hard and wants to have a great career. It's just about educating people on that. Well, and educating is the key word there because the, there's a lot of data readily available these days. Everyone has information to or access to all the information they want. And if you Google how much a service technician makes, it's not a representation of the reality because it is averaging uh, the first year apprentice with the journeyman who's been doing this for 12 years. And that average brings the total down low. And so people, you know, they have access to information. These young people, they do their research on what career they want to do. And they see the average, um, the average for an HVAC technician is $60,000 a year. And they go, Oop, not for me. It's not that they don't want to work hard. It's that they don't want to not make money. Mm-hmm. And if the information out there is saying that you're not going to make money in this field, then they just bypass it and go on to the next option. Meanwhile, um, you know, the opportunity for um, college-related careers, they, they always advertise, hey, this is how you're going to make the most money. This is how you're going to make the most money. And, and on top of that, schools push college, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it's, that's what you're kind of fighting against. Um, an HVAC technician is going to do a four-year school they're going to come out of it making six figures. They just are, right? If they have any skill, if they've got any skill at all, I mean, we're talking the average technician is going to make six figures. Meanwhile, the average college graduate is going to make, it's, there's some numbers on this, I'll show you. Uh, after 10 to 19 years of experience, $76,000 on average. So right. 
the difference is that the message out there is, okay, well, there's higher earning potential if you have a college education. Well, okay, in extremes, sure. If we're lumping Jeff Bezos's salary into the average, then sure, the average gets pulled up a bit. But you know, you've got these business tycoon people who go to college and they become very, very successful in business and their salaries are, you know, they end up being multi-billionaires and they contribute to the average uh, compensation. Well, if I go the trades route and I end up being very good in business and I'm a business tycoon in the trades route side, I'm probably going to be a multi-multi-millionaire, but still technically, yes, I guess that is lower than than the ones who are the most successful with a college degree. You can tell I get on this soapbox a lot. <laughs> I was I was in the liberal arts school, and so there's there's no chance that the that those of us that I was going to school with uh, are making millions of dollars at this point. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think that's a really really w- well made point. Well, but just I, the information's not out there. Sorry, Greg. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking that you know the the Google search algorithm doesn't say after four years an HVAC technician makes this much. To your point, it's day one guy and day 40 lady average. And, you know, yeah. it is 60 grand or whatever the number shows. But, you know, we, the company I work for, um, Service Logic, we have 4,600 plus employees and a lot of them make six figures um, mm-hmm. and more. Uh, well, not more, but, uh, you know, the, the the ability to earn money is is there. Um, but, you know, going back even one step before uh, the, the conversation turned to uh, finances was where do you find these kids and young yeah. people or transitioning people, military, second career folks? It, you know, it, it always go back to that Wayne Gretzky quote you skate to where the puck's going to be, not where the puck is. Mm -hmm. And when you're thinking about growing your own talent, it's so important to get in front of these kids when they're tweens and start planting seeds and showing different career routes. Because Tyler, I think you, you could probably verify or or slap me in the head, whichever way you feel and, you know, inclined most of the people we have on this show that are tradespeople have grown up seeing that in their family mm-hmm. to some extent, or even uh, Jessica Durant, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, first responder family. And her family encouraged her to look at the trades versus first responder, uh, just from a, probably a safety, not having to wear Kevlar, uh, you know, I'd rather wear PPE over my eyes and hands as opposed to my bulletproof vest. But sure. um, it's all about that early exposure. Uh, we talk about a lady on here uh, named Jamie McMillan. I don't know if you know her or not, but she has coloring books for kids in school, iron workers and welders. And, you know, it's planting those seeds early that you know, everything doesn't have to be a superhero. It could be a lady mm-hmm. wearing a cape hanging off the side of a building, welding a piece of structural iron. Um, so, Nicole, I, you know, I, I think that the key for me, uh, key thought, one key thought is getting in front of the people early mm-hmm. and then going where they are. And to your point with your dad, you know, they're they're not advertising in the proper place. 
Um, we as an industry do a horrible job of presenting ourselves as a pleasurable uh, career because you always hear these dads say, I don't want my kid to grow up in the trades. Well, somebody's got to because we're going to run out of people that can do any damn thing if we're not careful. Um, to your point on baby boomer you know, retirement, those numbers are what they are. Um, we're, we're losing people daily um, and we're not replenishing at the rate that will suffice. But if everybody, uh, big, big wide word there, would grab a kid or a military vet and take them by the hand and show them, then we could rapidly and drastically improve our situation as opposed to squawking about, I don't have enough help. Well, get your ass to school and do a career day, okay? Just get in motion, be in action, serve the need instead of sitting on the telephone wire like this crow out here and squawking about it. I agree. And that's where we want to step in and help, right? Because we we represent, gosh, working with you guys now with um, technician development, you know, there's some 70 different uh, um, mechanical contractors that, that we're working with. And um, we have an initiative that we're rolling out early next spring. We're going to be at the high schools. Uh, we are going to be starting internship programs, uh, placing uh, young people letting them do a summer working, working HVAC, getting paid for it, uh, and then go through some of the curriculum that we've put together. And if they decide to choose HVAC as their career, great. The credits that they put into that curriculum will apply towards their apprenticeship. Um, so that's that's one of the things that we're doing um, to get in front of people. People laugh at me all the time about my TikTok account, but you said it. Don't go where the puck is. Go where it's going to be. And guess who's on TikTok? <laughs> it's all these young people. Right. And I've got... and they're blown away by the information that I give them and or I that's very self-serving um, but they they the feedback I get is very positive and mm. what's really fun is you've got a lot of tradespeople getting getting on to my videos and they're making comments just validating all the things they're saying I make this much I make this much I love my job I have great work-life balance I have you know because there's there's this dialogue that's out there. It's it's work hard, get dirty, tear your body apart, have a terrible work-life balance. And that's not necessarily true. Um, and the other, the opposite side of the coin is never shown. So, you know, we're just trying to get that image out there. Of, hey, this is a great career path. It's not a secondary career path. This is a great career path with a lot more certainty on how much you'll make at the end of your education and a way faster track to entrepreneurship than a lot of other routes. Um, so, you know, just painting it in a better light. That's definitely one of our initiatives. We're also, this is probably a little premature to talk about this one, but we, um, we're rolling out a site. You know, I started this trades series on TikTok where I'm like, look, I'll, I'll talk to you about each of the trades and I'll tell you what a day in the life is like and um, what the average earning potential is. And you might be a good fit if, um, and we're going to just turn that series into a website and it's called jointhetrades.com. And it's uh, we'll have it up. We'll have at least the promotional site for it up in the next month or two. And it's what we want is to be able to educate people on each one of the trades, the earning potential, and then also uh, provide them with an assessment so they can see what might be a good fit based on their preferences, the things they like to do, um, and then help them find local trades companies near them that are 
hiring, you know, uh, the green the green folks. So it takes participation from the local trades companies, and and we've got a whole whole plan for rolling that out. But I do, you know, I'm trying to get more exposure from the educational aspect to the young people so that they can know their options. When and if Nicole, you get to the point of visiting schools and want to take people mm-hmm. with, I will go because I think it's important for people to hear people that have been through it talk about mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. You know, there, there's so many people out there, and, and you know our company, Service Logic. We've got such a, a great group of young people. Um, and I wouldn't even say young people, early career people uh, that are promoting the industry just like you on TikTok. You know, they're uh, on LinkedIn. They're talking about the, the good times they have at work and the careers they're building for their family. Um, then you've got all these independents, you know, bring back the trades is one that I support Metallica, the band, uh, all the, uh, all within your hands or all within my hands foundation. There's so many people, uh, trying to help that there's not just one way, nor should there be there exactly more avenues, what you're doing, what Steve Turner's the guy in Vermont that runs all within my hand or, um, bring back the trades, dirty hands, clean money. You know, there's all these efforts ongoing and I I can't decide, you know, whether it's better to let those things coalesce together or let them brew and percolate independently. They, both of those routes have merit. I think Uh, as long as, as we hashtag and search engine optimize, optimize the right words, we're all going to be, headed the right direction, which is, you know, kind of like my take on life. There's no one way. It's all a hybrid solution Mm -hmm. because what works for, for SP group, what works for service logic, what works for market scale, where Tyler works are, they're all different, but they're all Mm -hmm. good. Uh, You know, what production engineer for video, for audio, you know, people have to know how to do that stuff. And you don't get that in your regular schooling. Um, so I've, I'm just excited by, I really feel like the, the tide has turned. Um, and Tyler, I can't remember, um, Eric Bolin is is a gentleman that I'll get to work with at Service Logic, who's our, yeah. doing our training and talent development uh, initiative. He and I were at a, at a, uh, technical school in South Carolina a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember if we've talked since then or not, but we were sitting with a, a lead instructor for the HVAC program and the department chair. And those guys, both of them could not believe the talent and the, and the good quality of character that they were, that they were seeing in their students the last couple of years. And in particular, the last class that is uh, the cohort going through now there, they just could not talk about the quality of the people high enough, how they're coming, Mm -hmm. they're energized. They're not doing the minimal amount of work to get by and graduate. They're actually engaged. What a, what a novel idea. And they were just really excited. And this is a little bitty town, um, near Clemson University in South Carolina, a well-known program. Um, but, you know, that, that, and that's happening at a lot of schools. I'm, I'm just singling these guys out because I happen to go there personally. Um, 
But when I talked to our buddy, Butch D, who we've had on here, mm-hmm. and we were at the union uh, apprenticeship competition a couple of weeks ago, visiting that up in Ann Arbor. These folks are good. They are serious about what they're doing. There's no BSing around. So I'm, I really do feel like the, the tide is beginning to rise um, for us all. And it's because there's so many people giving so much voice to the cause right now. Um, and, and I remember this one quote, it always sticks out in my head, this lady, I can't, I can't remember who she was, but she was on the news talking about uh, the, the lack of skilled trades workers. And she said, people have to realize that somebody's got to fix the light in the office when it goes bad somebody's got to fix the air conditioner. You can't go over here and open this window. And I, you know, just the, the common office worker beginning to realize these things to me is a transformation. Like somebody has to do this. It's be Joe Schmo. It's got to be, you know, an educated young lady, educated young man who know, and I say young, uh, it's got to be a skilled worker doing the work. And I, I, I just feel good about it. I, I believe the tide's turning. I agree that I think the tide's turning. I think that if we can just massage the dialogue a little bit, so it's not, you know, somebody's got to do it or work hard and get dirty or these kinds of um, uh, phrases, I, I worry are going to, they sound less appealing, right? If we can focus on the positive sides, like is it dirty work? Sure. But in exchange, uh, you have a stable career. The HVAC industry in particular is recession proof and pandemic proof, right? It is, you're, you're never going to not have a job. Uh, right. You're going to make six figures. You're going to be able to support your family and you've got a good track to entrepreneurship. These are things that like, if we could, if we could change the dialogue a bit to look, this is actually a, a better opportunity for a lot of people than going to college and trying that track. This is a, a more sure opportunity and it's, it's not so much that someone's got to do it. It's that you want to do it. Like, this is a great career path. And yeah. and, and, and I get that. I, I do get that, Nicole. I'm referring to myself when I was 19 years old. I wanted to get dirty. I wanted to go yeah. to work and, and bust ass and really make a dent. And, and there's younger versions of me out there still. So I think it, it's not doesn't have to be change the dialogue, but enhance it maybe uh, yeah. to appeal to more people. Uh, yeah. a, a 19 year old young man that was, you know, kind of the, the, the guy who was not the super scholar. He was not the football star. That guy, that girl, maybe she was in rodeo. Maybe she was in 4-H. Those mm-hmm. Those young folks don't mind the word getting dirty and working hard, uh, being in the in the conversation. But to your point, uh, I think that that what you said is really eloquent in that we do need to expand that. So you're you're mm-hmm. totally right in in how the messaging and maybe it's even geographical. You know, maybe messaging in San Diego is different than it is in Montreal versus Seattle versus. Port St. Lucie, Florida, you know, what is Mm -hmm. the norm for that area and how do you get to the norm and enhance it? And, 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 you know, 
the cool part is there's no rhyme or, or, or there's no rule book for this. Hmm. We're, you know, somebody said building the airplane is we're flying it uh, because we've never had to do this before, mm-hmm. and, which is exciting um, to a degree and scary as hell uh, to a degree because you better get your wings up in a hurry because the plane's going, you know, you got to mm-hmm. keep that altitude, but um, man, I love it. I just, I, I just love talking about it. I love the energy that comes from it because here you and I could not be more different, you know, uh, background wise, you know, playing basketball versus not female versus male, the whole deal. But we're both super passionate about what we're trying to help society, uh, do in our own little way. And, um, I think there's a lot of good to that because who you appeal to is different than who I appeal to, who's different than who Tyler's going to appeal to just in our communication style and our background, people are going to hear it differently. But if we keep that consistent message, like you said, um, Mm. here's an opportunity, you know, whether you got dirty boots already from working in the cow pen or, not here's an mm-hmm. opportunity to learn about a, a, a career. Absolutely, and you said it earlier too. Women, women in the trades is uh, this is Eric Bolin. I'll tell you about this as well. I, I'm I'm sure he'll be on the podcast. But you know, Eric compares it to the the World War eras where the men are off at war and the women had to step into the the his classically men roles to you know it's Rosie the Riveter with her her like making a muscle, you know, gesture yeah. and saying, we can do it. Right. Uh, we'll take over the men's roles. Well, and they did a great job. It was absolutely just fine. And, and it was kind of introduction of women in the workforce and all that. The only reason women didn't do it before is because they just hadn't. And, uh, yeah. and it's the same thing with technicians. He's saying that skilled labor gap is so big that women are going to start stepping into these roles. In fact, the women who have stepped in as service technicians have excelled and they make particularly good controls technicians. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just kind of, it's like you said, it's, it's started, right. The, the change is, is starting, it's starting to get a little momentum and I'm just excited to get to be a part of that and, and help drive it. And you're right. My voice sounds different than your voice. Our backgrounds are very different. I'm, I appeal to a different audience than, than you might appeal to, or, and Tyler might appeal to. So the more people who are talking about it, the more people we, we get exposure to. And I think it's, it's it's just exciting to be a part of the change. I think it's all positive things. Yeah. You know, I, I just worry that, and I say worry, I think about, it, are we too disparate in our conversations? Does there need to be more commonality? Uh, or is it better to be 100% unique in how we talk about the trade? I don't know, you know, because it, it's... I mean, I can have two conversations on two different days with two different people about a career in the trades. And and I say stuff differently. I, I'm not even <laughs> consistent because I really look for, you know, what what can I cue in on with this particular person? Maybe, you know, they they grew up on a farm or maybe they grew up yeah. in a in a suburban household cul-de-sac with, with their dad couldn't turn a damn screwdriver. I don't know right. until I talk to them, but then you can kind of guide the conversation based on that, you know? Um, sure. But I, I love that part of trying to figure that out as well, you know, cause us, you know, we talk about people on here and that's part of that equation is that human dynamic of trying to yeah. connect 
at a level that that gives somebody more information than they have to think about, not necessarily swayed or dissuade, but mm-hmm. useful information to help them make a better decision versus what they had before you talk to them. And I think if we do that, then we've accomplished at least that part, you know, of, of just planting that seed. Agreed. And I think we can work together to, to do it on a larger scale. Um, everyone who's passionate about this, you know, getting the information out there. Yeah. If I want to learn, if I want to look up, I'm from Texas. If I want to look up um, all of the universities in Texas and the programs they offer and the career paths that come out of that, I can find that easily. It's all available online, but I don't have that kind of access to trades roles anywhere. Um, so the taking everything out of your brain, Greg Crumpton, and putting it uh, uh, and, and mine and anybody else who's passionate about this and, and putting it on a website, on any website, anywhere, so that you can, can easily learn about it, easily find it, and, and make solid career decisions uh, based on informed information that's, that's accurate information, I think is, uh, I hope, will have a, a good impact on it. I know a lot of people are working on that. Um, I'm just definitely going to be throwing in my hand as well. For the educational well, part, part. I've got a website that we can use as a repository called Deep Knowledge. Um, you know, it's just sitting there idle uh, because for years I've had this notion of being able to to download all this crap that I've learned for 40 years and put it somewhere. Uh, so I'm in the process of trying to do that, but I can't seem to do that because I can't quit talking about the trades long enough uh, to do that, <laughs> but it, it, you know, you're, you're so right. You know, you can, you can easily find uh, traditional educational routes uh, with just a quick search, but I was looking for uh, something yesterday, a, a young man who I'm working with, I was trying to show him something that I knew was out there, but you know, it was so obscure in the in the URL that hell I had to call the guy who owned it and say what's that website again it shouldn't be that difficult mm-hmm. um, right and and they don't get enough exposure to show up in a search without going to page four hundred and twelve um, right so it's a work in progress I guess we'll we'll call it so all right we're we're uh, because of my technical difficulties I've, I've let time slip up on me but what is next for you and your company what's on the horizon what would happen where you could throw a big green check mark in your column and say nice i got that done now let me refine that what does that look like nicole that's a great question uh you know the the technician talent development piece is a huge initiative of ours right now but that's not to take away from the the rest of what we offer which is um uh growing the SP group member base, which is a collection of contractors who uh, have a dominant presence in their local market. And they kind of pulled their resources to form SP group, uh, which is the training peer organization. Um, So continuing to grow SP group into the territories that we don't already have members, driving that talent development initiative, um, service logic between service logic and the SP group members, we are uh, we've got access to train and help develop some 6,000 technicians already. So we're very excited by that and want to then also focus on not just the technician level, but also the people who are mentoring those technicians and, and mentor the mentors and, and help with the leadership out in the field so that we can um, 
help solve the skilled labor gap in that way as well, right? Just uh, having better leaders that can recruit better people and train them up and develop them. Um, for us, the Join the Trades initiative is a big one um, in helping educate more people on the opportunities that are out there. There are solid career paths. Um, and you know, who knows, five years down the road, we hope to be able to provide the quality professional development, leadership development, um, and talent development to more than just the HVAC industry. We're very passionate about HVAC, but a lot of it is uh, is um, replicable in, in a lot of other trades, just trying to develop more people that don't otherwise have access to quality training and development. My husband is a, a great example. He works, he's, um, he works for the government. He works for the Department of Defense, and he has so much leadership training that he rolls his eyes every time somebody tells him, ah, you got to go through this new course because he's just, you know, he's former military army ranger type. He's the, the amount of leadership development he's had. And then a lot of people who work in fortune 500s, they get, they get all of this. And the trades has been wildly, I think, underserved in this area. And people are coming around to it. Service Logic's doing a great job of rolling out their talent development initiative, Eric Bolin leading that up. Um, and we want to, you know, raise the level of um, talent development and uh, and and leaders across the board. So that's that's our whole goal. That's my checkbox. I don't know what the checkbox is. It says, "Yep, I'm done." Right? I think it just will continue to expand. Nicole, I I agree with you on the on what we're doing as Service Logic. Uh, I, but to your point, uh, there's no there's no checkbox for you that says I'm done. You're too young for that. I mean, Jesus, Louise, you're 22 years old. I'm not. I'm not. I actually turn 40 next month. Well, congratulations. It, it's you. a great it. it's a great milestone. I'm, I'm a little bit older than that. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think we ever get through, you know, people who have the entrepreneurial gene in them don't ever seem to quit. Um, and I think that's that, you know, is inspiring because I, I love the fact that, you know, I'm 58. I turned 58 this past month. And, um, you know, other than having a beat up body, you know, I feel 30, uh, mentally and what I feel like I want to help do and help other people get in a position to do. So we've got a lot of things yet to figure out, but, uh, I love your vision. Um, we as an HVAC industry have notoriously been horrible at, um, training our field talent because you get someone that can work on an air conditioner. Okay. You maybe send them to a class every once in a while for a reward or a refresher. Then when that guy or girl does really, really good in the field, we say, Hey, guess what? You're the service manager. You start tomorrow with absolutely no freaking training on how to manage people, how to lead people, understanding the difference between the two, the financial implications of management, the financial implications of true leadership. We just say, okay, you're a superstar in the truck. Now jump in here in the office and perform at the same level. Mm. And in our industry, most service managers burn out because they're not equipped to handle. They, they do well for a year or two, but they can only run on adrenaline for so long. And then it becomes such a, burden that they just quit and a lot of times uh too proud to go back into the truck so that talent leaves your company you don't even get to keep them 
after they work their soul down to the bone, they leave you in the most discouraged position they've ever been in in their life. Our successful companies know that, and they offer service leadership, service management, service management training, all those things to help those former technical stars become, you know, leadership stars. Um, so we got we've got a ways to go as an industry. Uh, we've got a ways to go as a company, but we're certainly not laying down watching it happen. We're participating. No. You guys have a great initiative going on. It's interesting that the service manager story is, is perfect um, uh, leadership development example. And you guys are you guys are tackling that. Um, I, I had a conversation recently with a guy who does leadership development for the CIA. And we were laughing because the concepts are all the same. Their industry, our industry, it's the same things that you need to learn. When you promote somebody because they're so good at their job, then what, and you don't tell them how to lead, uh, then what they do is they default to what they know best. And that's to go back and do the job. But they have other responsibilities that they don't feel super confident in doing yet. Uh, and they don't even have time to learn it or get better at it because they're so busy doing the job they used to do. So you have these service managers who just want to run calls. They want to uh, roll up their sleeves and when in doubt, I'm going to revert back to being that lead technician and try to run the most compli complex calls instead of mentoring my people to reach the level that I was at. Because they don't know how to mentor people. They don't know how to go from buddy to boss. They don't know right. how to communicate and uh, use leadership styles for communication or motivation or goal setting any of this kind of stuff. And, and without any training at all, how are they supposed to just imagine it, right? Just, just get there all on their own. And so, yeah, you run into the same problem over and over again for these brand new managers. And that's what that we're trying to uh, help people overcome. And Service Logic has jumped on board with that as well. So that's, it's exciting to see you guys getting engaged there. Well, you know, we revert back to, as Seth Godin taught me, you know, your amygdala kicks in and you're in fight or flight mode. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and you know, it sounds overly dramatic, but when you walk up to a 54-story office building that every soul in it is hot, it's a pretty traumatic event. Um, but that's where your natural training kicks in. Whatever you know is what you revert to. And right. if you're super tech, you go into super tech mode. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, Tyler, um, here we, I mean, here we are again, we're top of the hour. Um, we have, we've extracted some really, really key components out in Nicole's brain that we've got to figure out what to do with. Yeah. I figured we just post the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> well, we could, that's a thought. That yeah. is a thought. Yeah. See, that's uh, why you're here, buddy. That's why you're yeah, here. We'll just, we'll just share it with everyone else. Cause, uh, I don't know what else to do with it. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. Well, Nicole, um, it's been really cool, and I'm so glad you took time to, to come and talk to us a little bit. We could talk for four more hours, I'm sure, on the topic, um, and we I'm will sure. over the course of the next year or so, but um, really do appreciate it, appreciate what you're doing, what your company's doing, uh, and just being an advocate, you know, I think is huge for uh, for the trade, for the trades plural, and for people, so thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today. Uh, this was really great. And it was a learning experience for me as well. Um, I think, Greg, you've just got a world of knowledge and I would love to pick your brain more. Um, so I, I appreciate you hosting me on here. Well, I run a consulting company, but it's free. 
So all you got to do is hire me for free. So I'm here. Um, but no, really do appreciate it taking time. I know you're busy trying to run your company and grow it. So uh, it's definitely appreciated. So, well, Tyler, there we go. Another one. And, and we're going to follow your advice and actually post this so people can enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think that's the, that's I never the best thought way to do it before. Yeah, so yeah, posting so podcasts. Novel. It's a smart thing to do. It's how you get listeners, as it turns out. So, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, Greg, Nicole, thank you both so much for, for joining us here for this episode of the show. We will be back soon with new episodes of Straight Out of Crumpton. To find older episodes, previous episodes, if you want to go back in time, check out some of the previous episodes we've done. You can do that at gregcrumpton.com or by visiting Straight Out of Crumpton on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. But for this one, for Nicole and Greg, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.